0: Fandom Femmes. We take your favorite conventions diversity panel and turn it into a year-round conversation. I'm Justine.
1: I'm Noelle. And this is our episode five. Woo! <laughs> How are you feeling, Noelle? I'm actually feeling pretty good. I took a hot bath today with a bath oh bomb. Good for because- you. Thank you, because I was feeling really stressed after work and then I was like, ah, I need to like ease this tension. And I had a bath bomb I haven't used in ever. So, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to do it and I was sweating in there, but it's okay. Honestly, that sounds really really
0: great. I also have bath bombs that I've purchased to self-care, but I haven't used yet. Do it. So, I'm going to get to that. Yes. Do um, it. yeah, honestly like this week was a lot, but now that we're here recording together, honestly, I've been looking forward to this for a while, so I'm really happy that Yay. we get to film this episode today. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, very excited. Before we begin, I wanted to give a quick shout out and a huge thank you to everybody who entered our census giveaway. If you haven't filled out your census yet, you can actually do it um, until October 31st. So you can do that online, um, or over the phone, uh, or by mail. So uh, it's really important that um, our very diverse communities uh, are represented and our needs are represented uh, by our federal government. So please take your census. Um, I just wanted to Give a shout out to everybody who entered our census giveaway and yeah. also our sponsors, which are the Penguin Creates. Ooh. We have Fanny, our artist, yeah. Ia, and also uh, Okapika, which is a really great civic engagement org in Orange County, California. So Snaps. thank you to our sponsors.
1: Meow. 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 Me trying to think of other Asian languages. The thank you, fuck, sheesh, oh, I, I, I to say that. I definitely butchered that. I apologize to any of our Chinese or Chinese American <laughs> um audience members. I please teach me. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all good. We'll download
0: Duolingo after this, yes. and then the <laughs> green owl can harass us to learn our language. <laughs> <laughs> yes so today is a very special episode uh we are filming this on october 8th which is actually international lesbian day and the what a coincidence (laughs) wow because our episode is about national coming out day which is actually on october 11th so yeah super excited to film this episode and record it for all of you um and i have not made it a secret that we are part uh, of the community. Wait, wait, what? Wait, I'm sorry. like Noelle, I think we're just sharing some, like, really groundbreaking news with our listeners right now.
1: <laughs> I think they never knew. I know. So is this I think weird? We should... <laughs> is this weird? Should we do it like in a dip Are we coming out to them right now? Yeah. Is I all mean, this conversation like... is? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like honestly, like not making light of like the coming out experience, but like a lot of in my experience too, and I know in yours, we've had to come out like several times to, like several yeah. different people. So it's a constant <laughs> process. Yes. Yeah. And some people like even the even people that like I've come out to, I've had to explicitly say like, oh no, like. I'm not straight, and then they're like, "What? You didn't even seem like that." And then I'm like, "Oh, cool, yeah. It's not like I wear a flannel every day, right. or like
1: right. my shirt right. to my jeans." But like, uh, but yeah, I thought it was just fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just weaving over like waifus, like everyone else does. I'm like, well, there's a lot more to that than mm-hmm. meets the eye. <laughs> it's like a transformer. It's more than meets <laughs> the. We said roll out.
0: (laughs) Okay, into beyond Wonderland. (laughs) Further beyond
1: Wonderland.
0: Okay, so um so National Coming Out Day is actually on October 11th, but, and this month is actually LGBT History Month, so we wanted to do something really special for all of y'all and talk a little bit about how our queerness has aligned with our fandom journey. So Noelle, you do you want to kind of
1: talk about what we're going to do today? Woohoo, we're diving in. Like Trey Song said, we have about to dive in. <laughs> <laughs> anywho i'm a dancer so uh, <laughs> so we're diving in to the cartoon characters that have helped us come into our queerness we've uh especially me and Justine, have seen those TikToks. so <laughs> <laughs> oh if you like these cartoon characters when you were little then you're most likely gay now and I was like every single time I see these TikToks and it goes through each character I'm like oop that one yep oh yeah oop yeah that one too (laughs) and I'm like hey look at that
0: I'm bisexual (laughs) yeah it's really interesting when I watch those TikToks because I'm just like did you just take a screenshot of my mind or something (laughs) I didn't know that that was a parallel experience like a a wide group of people Yeah. yeah
1: like a collective like I just, it just makes you wonder, like, okay, what, what in us collectively, like, I don't know, like, liked that character in that way, and then later on found out about our queerness, like, and then, like, I just so interesting, like, like, what about those characters, right? So, um, we're actually gonna start listing some and then giving some context. Mm -hmm. Um, My first one, if, hmm, in the cartoon, Kim Possible. Besides Kim herself, because she's great, mm-hmm. but Shigo though, <laughs> I okay, one powerful woman, mm-hmm. powerful woman, two the way she's just okay, besides being powerful, like the badassery not only in her fighting, but also like her, like the way she talks to Draco <laughs> is it is that how you pronounce it? I think it's Draco. Draco. Draken, Draco. Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Potter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm clearly not in that sphere. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, like she was just so snarky, and like she could, re- she was super independent, hold her own. Literally, would always save his ass, and like she would just try, like, do it her way. Besides saving him, she was always making sure that their plan went through, even if he messed up. You know, and I'm like, you know it, girl, you do you. But also them curves, though, honey. Oh, my God. Like, the way she walks, I mm. <laughs> I just didn't even know. I mean, I don't know. Like, And it's really interesting because I can list these characters and, like, how we were just talking a moment ago. Like, I don't even know how that correlated to, like, that collect because Shigo was also always on that list of people on TikTok, on mm-hmm. yeah. So I was like, "What? what was it like? How it?" <laughs> I think yeah. it's also maybe her identity because I I don't really know her background. I know she came from actually like a, a family of mm-hmm. heroes, like they were mm-hmm. like super not superheroes, but like they were like like impossible, like they were like good guys. Go yeah yeah, and so. I kind of, I think, as a child too. Anytime someone didn't really have a complexion that was human-like, I guess she was straight pale, wasn't she? She's like, yeah, she was. She she did have like a paler skin tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I I didn't. I guess I kind of didn't associate her with like a race either. And then I I, I think for some reason I also didn't think she was human because she had superpowers. Mm, yeah, I hear you. Because, like, no one else in Kim Possible really had, like, superpowers. Like, they had gadgets or, like, they had mm-hmm. money or, like mm-hmm. and like, or, like, science, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, out of everyone else, she had, like, superpowers. So I think as a kid, I just thought she wasn't really human. <laughs> mm. And I don't know. For me, I guess when I didn't think someone was human, I didn't really, like, assign a gender to them she's mm. really interesting. Mm. So I was just like, man, she's hot. <laughs> and I mean, this kind of goes into like what my career journey was like was um, it was always appreciation for women and their beauty and their strength. And so it was always like, oh, no, it's, it's because like I admire them, you know, like it, it's admiration. That's all. She's fucking hot. Like, the admirable kind like, yeah. like when you tell your best friends like you're so fucking hot bitch like yeah right but then later down the line i was like oh fuck she's hot like she's hot yeah <laughs> i was like oh shit but yeah that's that's one of them what an awakening um i mean i wouldn't yeah. say she was like the catalyst to it all but mm-hmm. she's definitely one of those you realize later like ah yes i was sexually attracted to this character <laughs>
0: Yeah, and like I, I totally hear you. Um, I think like kind, kind of as I was hearing you process and everything, and hearing you talk about her, um, I, I thought about how Shigo really. Challenge uh, a lot of tropes that we see in this act in like action adventure cartoons. Like, for example, when we have a supervillain, sometimes we have like the supervillain and then we have like the muscle character, mm-hmm. right? Like their sidekick or like their henchman who's really, really strong, like, normally, like a man. also doesn't say much um maybe they say like one or two words but they kind of want to portray them as more of like this rock this like really really strong like wall that holder (laughs) yeah exactly um but but yeah like with Shigo, yes she was draken's um hench person or um some might even like see her like adjacent to draken like as a sidekick. but she had dialogue she held her own. Like what you said, um, she played a really important role in like executing these plans mm-hmm. um that, that dragon had too. And she also had her own backstory, right? Like that we find out later. So in all those ways, she kind of defied like the henchman stereotype and just the fact that like she was femme presenting, that's mm-hmm. already like um challenging the stereotype and the trope as well.
1: Right. So also, yeah. Like- Honestly, some of the best fight scenes in Kim Possible was Kim versus Shigo. Oh yeah, hands down. Hands down. And so it, it was really cool seeing that like uh like yeah, it's it's not like Draken, it's like it's literally like he has to rely on Shigo to mm-hmm. to do the dirty work, basically. Because who he's not gonna punch Kim Possible and succeed, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's gonna use some kind of machine or whatever to underhandedly hypnotize her or something, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, Shigo's the one that's that's going to fight the protagonist. And normally mm-hmm. that's in the hands of the main villain, you know, in in any um, cartoon, anime. But yeah. literally it's Shigo. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Almost definitely. Um, yeah, so thank you for sharing that, Noelle. And <laughs> I think – Um, I'm going to also try my best to go in uh, chronological order, like, (laughs) as far as this. So, um, as you were talking, I actually came up with, like, even earlier examples of, like, female characters that I was weirdly drawn to. And I didn't know how to define that at the time. So, uh, I remember. (laughs) Oh, no. So, I remember when I was younger, like, we're talking, like... Kindergarten, first grade, Justine, I had a single VHS of power, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It was yeah. just one episode. Happy birthday, Zach. I remember that episode. <laughs> remember it explicitly. And I was strangely gravitated towards the pink and yellow rangers. Yeah. So um in Mighty Morphin, actually, the yellow ranger was um, Asian. Like her character, Trini, um, was 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 a like I was always a pink ranger because I love pink. Mm -hmm. But I always found it so interesting that there was an Asian character like on screen. So I think even though I was partially biased to the Pink Ranger because and I dressed up as the Pink Ranger for Halloween, I was always kind of like, ooh, Trini's like really powerful. I really Mm -hmm. like Trini. Cool. Yeah, Trini. I'm gonna like in this kind of childhood discussion. I'm also going to lump another character into here, but Mulan?
1: Uh, Need I say more? No, you don't.
0: (laughs) You really don't. Yeah. I think like I was always that I would get really fired up as a kid. And even now when people are just like, Mulan wasn't a Disney princess. Like she didn't inherit a throne. Like she didn't marry. And I'm just like, dude, she saved China. She saved a whole ass, ass China. We saved a whole ass country. Yeah.
1: And not you're a princess.
0: Like, oh yeah. Just because like, you're like, you don't wear a crown on her head. Then it makes her like less valid. She doesn't deserve to be grouped with the Disney princesses. And I'm like, what but is she received it? the crest of the emperor at the very end, Brandy's, and the
1: sword of Sean Yu. Right, and that's—I feel like that's even beyond being a princess at that point. Like, like, yeah, yeah need like need a I princess is something that, like, you're literally just in a bloodline, you know. Yeah, and then that—that that is something that Disney, you know, makes their stories around. Based yeah. on their stories around or these people in this bloodline. But like when they started making more stories like Mulan or even like Aladdin, can we talk about Jasmine? Because <laughs> Okay, we can talk about Jasmine. Let's go. Because okay, I, I didn't write her in my list, but Jasmine <laughs> Um one her pet is a tiger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is so badass. And what I thought was cool is that like she one, despite like her appearance in terms of Yes, she's wearing what was perceived as their culture's, you know, clothing, which is like kind of more scantily clad. And as a child, I was like, "Whoa, that's cool! Like, yeah. you look good." <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> other than that, like she, she literally had to hold her own while her father, the king, was being what hypnotized by Jafar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not only was she being, you know, kind of, not even kind of, she was being objectified to uh, by Jafar as a means to get on the throne. You know, mm-hmm. she did everything in her own power to thwart that. You know, and yeah, Aladdin was there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I just always thought as a kid it was interesting like a, a lot of the Disney princesses that I gravitated towards was like you said Mulan Jasmine like these ones that were like they were kind of more free form and one they're also POC so like, yeah <laughs> yeah like so I obviously identified with them way more but yeah
0: definitely popping and I think with Jasmine specifically she was also a character to kind of challenge that princess convention where it's right. like she needs to marry off to someone mm. and um in the remake of the movie there are some like updates that are made so if you haven't seen the remake of aladdin there are some updates made to the story that mm. are kind of fit more fitting of like modern conventions and everything uh-huh. but like in the animated version in the original she actually says i am not a prize to be won like that's an actual yes. like, line that she says and that was like a mic drop moment i remember that yeah and like I think kind of circling back to um, Mulan, now that I've kind of reflected on it more, like especially now as I'm kind of coming into my non-binary identity, Hmm. I remember even watching Mulan as a kid. And there's a scene where, um, shang spoilers for Mulan if you haven't seen Mulan, but if you haven't seen Mulan, please watch it. It's, It's great. But there's a part towards the, kind of towards the end of, um qu- towards the climax of the movie where Mulan gets hurt and she's disguised as like a male soldier and when mm-hmm. Shang comes to check on her in the in the tent um she sits up and the blanket falls and they um they see like her chest or like wrapped up in bandages and then it's revealed to the whole camp that she's a woman and i remember even as a kid i didn't understand why that would give that away for her you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. okay, she sat up. How do they know she was a girl? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't understand that like as a kid. And so even when I was younger, wow, I'm going to get emotional. Even when I was younger, I didn't have this understanding that parts make you a man or a woman. Mm. Um, And that's really – I'm kind of realizing this like live on the podcast. <laughs> and I think that that's like, that's like really cool because that's not true. It, yeah. Because your parts don't indicate like what gender you're supposed to identify with. And Mulan spent the entire movie shifting and transitioning between being seen one way and being seen another way. And all she had to do was put on different clothes. Like Mm -hmm. all she had to do was put her hair up a certain way. Mm -hmm. And she was able to um, navigate the world in a different way. And people also treated her a different way um, based on the way she presented herself. And it wasn't until the end where – Essentially she she proved that she was worthy and strong, but she had to be a man first in order for them to recognize and honor that. Yeah. Um so yeah, Mulan is Mulan's great. Also, Lee Shang is bisexual. Don't don't Yeah, don't
1: tell me Don't tell me, <laughs> you don't tell me? Tell me. <laughs> like this dude was I mean, he was hella relieved. <laughs> I'm sure he was when he found out Mulan was a woman because I'm sure he was like ah shit, ah shit, am I fucking gay (laughs) he
0: was like oh my god am I going to have to face the traditional conservative
1: like Chinese elders (laughs) in my community if I come out as gay yeah I honestly I feel like Li Sheng too was like because of that whole dilemma I was like hmm (laughs) 'Cause all the Li Shang is hot, can we <laughs> I mean, let's get down to business if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm dead. I, have you seen that picture people made of Li Shang as a as a what's it called? And it's an A B B. Yes. ABB. Oh my gosh. I was like <sighs> I was like, okay. why am I so attracted? Um, okay,
0: but yeah. also, I was like, yes, like, I'm I'm here for this AU of, like, uh, Shang is an ABB. However, when I saw that, I'm just like, oh, my God, that's Josh. <laughs> <laughs> he made his profile picture. <laughs> he made his profile picture. <laughs> yes, that's shout out to our, like, the, the person who's been helping us with our sound and our audio, Josh. Yes, he just, Josh. just called you out. And also uplifted you. Our ABB, we love you. Dang, Yes. What a hottie! What a the A in the A in ABB stands for audio.
1: Audio BB on our audio BB. Thanks, ABB. My audio BB.
0: That's how we're gonna credit you in our future episodes. Yeah, co-host Justina Noelli, ABB, and John. Josh.
1: Josh I'm dead. But also, have you seen the ABG Mulan? Yeah. With the bamboo earrings. Yeah, and like the, the like the dragon tattoo. Like, yeah. and like and the ombre. Yes. And then they put like boba or freaking Of know. course they did. <laughs> of course they did. But anyway, moving on. Yes. <laughs> All right. So speaking of cartoons still. I wouldn't so much say, I mean, for us to come into our queerness, it doesn't necessarily mean that the character has to be someone that we were attracted to, but maybe Mm -hmm. someone that we aligned with. And for me, uh, that was Buttercup from Powerpuff Girls. I grew up, I've said this before, but I grew up such a tomboy. I literally, I fun little anecdote. I don't think I've ever told you, Justine, but- When I was in the fourth grade, I dressed like a boy. My favorite shirt was this Tony Hawk long sleeve. I wore really baggy cargo jeans. And I wore the same pair of slip-on shoes every day because I couldn't tie my shoes. Or more like (laughs) I refused to. And so I would wear that. And I'd wear a beanie cap. If you don't know what a beanie cap is, it's basically a beanie but with a brim. Oh, no. Yes. So this is what I did. I was a really curious cat, still am to this day, but I, one day, I don't know what came over me. I was just like, I want to see what the boy's bathroom looks like. And, um, so what I did, I literally already looked like a boy. And so I just tucked my hair into my beanie and then I started walking to the boy's bathroom and then I, um some boys are coming out of the bathroom, like a group of three of them. And then I think I just, I was in the fourth grade. So imagine fourth grade, Noelle saying, sup. <laughs> and then they are like, sup. And then I, I walked in. And I walked into the boys' bathroom. And I was like, whoa, the, the, those toilets are on the wall. <laughs> and like, they went all the way down to the ground. And then afterwards, when I walked out, I felt so accomplished. I was like, haha, they didn't know I wasn't a girl. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I was just so – I felt more, like, comfortable that way, I guess, presenting that way. And I didn't mind it, and I liked it. So so I was always, like, rowdy. I was known – I literally was just reminiscing with my parents recently about how I was in elementary school. And they were like, remember that time you dropkicked John Van? And I was like, oh, (laughs) shit. I don't remember, but I for sure know I probably dropkicked him, like, because it was – like the way i grew up was like like no one's gonna fuck around with me like <laughs> i was like i'm gonna play with the boys because i want to play games and the boys were always like you can't play with us and you're a girl and i was always like oh really kicks you in the nuts who's a girl now like <laughs> and i was like i don't know i i was really rowdy i've been told multiple times i was like Oh, Nawali, remember in middle school or like at elementary school? Like, you were such a violent girl. And I was like, haha, yeah. <laughs> and so that's why, if you can hear, if you've watched Powerpuff Girls and you, you know who Buttercup is, um, I really aligned with her because, I mean, she, not the muscle, but she was like, because Blossom was what, the leader. So she was like charismatic. Bubbles was like the kawaii, like cutesy, but still can beat your ass and then buttercup will just beat your ass period <laughs> and so i was i kind of really aligned with her and she was though she was you know a part of the powerpuff grills which is like ooh, pink hearts stars kawaii eyes she she really always was down to like to get down to business and we're back at mm-hmm. Moon so <laughs> um, like literally i remember like and also even her voice was like rougher mm-hmm and like mm-hmm. deeper than both of them and I, what was that episode with the rowdy rough boys right yeah she didn't she i my memory is failing me but she they were like they had to seduce them right i think they had remember to remember that they had to kiss him them or something or right? Like, they had to like lure them somehow yeah yeah, so yeah like they like like tapped into I mean, it was really – because cause Buttercup is always, like, rah, rah, I'm going to punch you, you know? like. But then, like, she – I think they, like, put on makeup or something, right? Yeah, or, like, I don't know. But they were, like, glistening. <laughs> and she was trying to seduce Butch. His name is Butch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, she did so successfully. And I was like, "Well, that's cool. Because, like, you know, even if she's, like, a super tomboy, like, she's still, like, tapped into that. And mm. – um and then still had her way. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, beat him up. <laughs> yeah." But yeah that's Buttercup for me. Yeah, I can, I
0: can definitely see how um, Buttercup, especially like, I can imagine Baby Noelle already kind of like with that type of curiosity about like, okay, what are these gender norm type things? Like, why are the bathrooms even separate? And like, that's another thing I wanted to point out because like, um, some folks um, might have the impression, like, I mean, this is kind of a um like a, a negative stereotype of like the trans community, how like uh dress like how it's dressing up as se- like uh the opposite sex for malicious reasons mm-hmm. um and for deception but like for you one you weren't dressing up as the opposite sex like we aren't members of the trans community but I just kind of wanted to point like mm-hmm. this out because like this is like a misconception that people have but like you uh Gender presentation is not indicative of your gender identity. Right. Um, the way you'd want to dress is the way you want to dress, and you were genuinely curious, and yeah. the intent was not malicious. You were just like, "Why do we keep separate bathrooms
1: anyway?" Let's yeah, find out. Honestly, and then- I, I, I was like, "I don't even know. Like, is there something different in there?" Like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, "I, I just, I just want to know." I literally stayed in there for like ten seconds to look around, and I was, and no one was in there either. So I was like, "All right, cool." And like- I'm then I'm gonna go play kickball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can imagine like um young Noelle very drawn to Buttercup too, like for those reasons. Because like even as as a person I know you today, like you you don't fuck around <laughs> with with any like BS or anything. And you're you don't have any problem with like telling it how it is and being upfront with people like Buttercup is and just in general, like when you're raised femme or like female bodied, people socialize you to wait. And, like, um, wait to do what you're told and, like, not rock the boat. But Buttercup being this very um, assertive character mm-hmm. in a way that wasn't painted in in a negative light because, I mean, women are always – men are characterized as assertive. Women are characterized as bossy or, right. like, bitchy. Mm-hmm. Um but buttercup wasn't a bitch and she wasn't right. characterized that way mm-hmm. and um so i can imagine baby noelle really reson- resonating with her yeah, so. I,
1: yeah. <laughs> a fun fact uh, i actually i had two really good friends go with me to beyond wonderland which is Further. brave beyond. beyond wonderland okay <laughs> <laughs> i may go Just on, on this. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, wait they we we decided to go as um the Powerpuff Girls, and of course I was Buttercup. It was not even a no. question. <laughs> what? Shut <Really>? up! <laughs> I'm dead with you. Just <laughs> yeah, literally, it's never a question. It also um like yeah, like they're like, Noel is Buttercup period. I'm like yeah, <laughs> that's just Gosh. how it is, and. The, something that just came into mind right now, too, thinking about my childhood, is that like whenever, say, there was any type of, I don't, I don't want to say role playing, but you know, like when you're kids and you play pretend or whatever, mm-hmm. playing pretend or even like singing a duet in a song, wh- whoever I was with, normally if it's another female, I was always the male. Same. <laughs> yeah, and I was very comfortable. I, I actually felt more comfortable being in that role. Like I mm-hmm. was I was always like, yeah, like give it to me. I wanna do it. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I think that's really interesting that um we uncovered buttercup and then realized that like yeah, like I kind of amongst any group of friends always end up falling into that. And it's interesting because even though same now, like I never really like liked the color pink growing up, but now I, obviously here I am, pink headset, pink chair, pink everything, right? Wow. But amongst my friends, I'm still more of like the masculine character, which is mm. interesting. So that just goes to show about what you were talking about, about gender identity and gender presentation. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's so fluid. And mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to be synchronized.
0: Oh, yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Noelle. And what you said about playing pretend as a kid actually is a great segue into like my next character that I want to talk about (laughs) so um I remember when I was younger when I I also wanted to be that girl who like played with the boys because like I I didn't really sometimes on some days I didn't want to play jump rope I didn't want to um sit around and like as as I got older like in the in like in the the sixth grade and like elementary school and stuff like girls would sit around and like gossip because that's what the teen shows told us to do and that that's what like that's how we were socialized with all the books that we read or the shows yeah. that we watched that we're this is what we're supposed to do when we get older and when yeah. we get close to teenagers right. but i remember growing up and when i was really young and like wanted to wanting to play things like power rangers or like things like that with um my or Power Rangers, even, like, knights, I don't even know, ninjas, uh, with, what with like, the the boys in my class. And I remember they'd be like, okay, well, you're the princess. I'm like, okay, cool, like, I'm the princess. And they're like, cool, yeah, so sit over there, and one of us will come get you. And I'd be like... Boring. Cool, yeah, no, I would just sit there, and I'd be like, hmm. And then Lurisa's would be over, and then no one would come get me. And I'm just like, okay, I guess I'll just be the princess tomorrow again. Um, But... So – and and that was typical because that's what female characters specifically do. Like, there aren't act- – like, there aren't written media or, like, anything like that with female protagonists that people can adopt a role and do something with it. Mm. You know, yeah. typically the roles that were available to me because I was a girl – were the sit and look pretty type roles, mm. especially when I was younger. And come saving, yeah. So when Totally Spies came out, <gasps> I was like, "Oh my god!" Like the whole series is about them. Yes, and they get to like kick stuff and like. I love their gadgets, guys. by the
1: way. Yeah, I, oh the gadgets god. were like, oh, I, was, I thought it was so cool because it was. Because interestingly enough, you know, it was still like femme objects, like mm-hmm. you know, like a the compact or like mm-hmm. a lipstick thing, but it a, a laser came out of it, you know, yeah, <laughs> like that's just cool. Yeah, yeah, and like now that I think about
0: it, too, Sam was my favorite. By the way, um, I always kind of gravitated towards like the the smart characters, I mm. guess, because I I was younger when I was younger, an Aquarius, grav- true, um, <laughs> I. When I was younger, especially, like, academics were really, really, really important to me. And, like, they still are. But when I was younger, I always strove for, like, academic success. So at first, when I gravitated towards characters like Sam or even, like, Raven, who I'm going to talk about later from Teen Titans, um, they were very, as you would say, like, book smart. Mm-hmm. Um So... It didn't – I didn't think at that time that I had any attraction. Um, I thought I just gravitated towards them because I also wanted to be book smart, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, like, going back to Sam, um, I just loved her. Like, one, just totally spies in general. I loved, like, their outfits because yes. they were actually of utility. Yes. Because, yeah, because, like, growing up with – when my male cousins would play things like Mortal Kombat or, like, Street Fighter, they're, like, the costumes of the female characters aren't very practical.
1: Absolutely and, not.
0: Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. Yeah, but, like, with totally spies, like, they looked good, and their outfits, like, also protected them. And mm-hmm. honestly, it was just something about like those little gadgets back to Kim Possible, like the, the communicator and like the compounder. I was waiting for there to be a compounder Happy Meal toy so I could just <gasps> hold one in my hand.
1: <gasps> but
0: yeah, so Sam from Totally Spies definitely love. is another love- hero of mine. <laughs>
1: I love that. Yeah, Totally Spies was like. I always had to catch that show. I was—I thought it was just—they were just so badass. I mean, it's like Charlie's Angels, but cartoon version and better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Also, I totally forgot, but they were like high schoolers, right? Like, oh yeah, definitely. Like they're juggling school. I can't even imagine me taking like AP Bio and all this other shit, and then also fighting crime. I'd be so tired. Yes.
0: <laughs> Honestly
1: yeah and
0: like sam was supposed to be like super super smart and um all of them were so yeah like sam was supposed to be super smart and now that i think about it i'm just like dude i can barely hold it together now like how are you in high school and like yeah. it's hormones it's you know college apps it's saving the freaking world. world Like,
1: right what? <laughs> she does it all she does it all
0: yeah. So um I I know that anime was a huge part of your childhood. Um, as we were revealed in our Naruto episode, go listen to it if you haven't already. But yeah, do you want to kind of talk about uh, influential anime in your childhood? Ah,
1: uh, yes, yes, I shall. So as I mentioned before, I actually only watched Shonen anime since when I was younger. So Shonen is a genre of anime that it actually says in its definition, it's catered to young boys. Mm-hmm. And it's such a general, vague definition, but basically it's like action. Protagonist is like a young kid. And like, yeah. if you work hard, you can do anything. Right? Okay, so we got that. Um, <laughs> and then... Um, believe it. Believe it. Dato by you, bitches. So yeah, Naruto, Bleach, etc. And um, those ones were super long. And so I didn't really watch multiple at once. But... As I got older, in high school, hormones raging. We got this. So one of my best friends introduced me to something called shoujo. And I was like, whoa. And the general definition for shoujo is catered towards young girls. Mm-hmm. And ooh, we can't even talk about this, like shonen versus shojo, like catered like, – Shoujo, so yeah, it's so binary, and they're actual, like, genres, like, set in mm. stone genres, like, mm-hmm. categories. Like, if you're searching anime on Crunchyroll or some shit, you can look up shonen versus Shoujo. And, um, yeah, shojo generally is, you know, romantic, uh, maybe romantic comedy, a good With old reverse harem. harem. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Ouran High School Host Club because mm. – Wow, breaking barriers with that anime! Mm-hmm. I spoke about it briefly in our last episode. In yeah. what well, it was, my get wrecked, I believe. No, it wasn't. No, we just talked about it. We, we, just, talked about about it. It. we yeah. just talked about it. Yeah, yeah. So, <sighs> so as I've said, you know, I was this huge tomboy, and I a, a big thing for me too was actually like I didn't really care about looking femme presenting. I actually took pride in not looking like a typical girl. I didn't really come into my femininity until, dude, maybe after high school. I don't know. Yeah. like know. I didn't embrace that until after high school. And so mm-hmm. freshman year in high school, I'm watching Oran. And one, the protagonist, Haruhi, is, is dressed In really baggy clothes, super shaggy, short hair and when we first meet her. And so even in the first episode, spoiler alert, it takes a little while. It comes in waves, right? So some Mm -hmm. of the host club members find out that she's a girl just either instinctively or like they kind of there was like a hint somewhere. Mm -hmm. The densest one who is the main male protagonist doesn't realize until later that she's a girl. Mm -hmm. Um, But even before that, they're already, you know, okay, well, she does owe a debt, (laughs) but other than that, they're like treating her as one of them, you know? Mm -hmm. And even after finding out she was a girl, they were still like, all right, we could work with this, (laughs) you know, like you could still be a host. And Haruhi, though she didn't really want to, be a host, um, still engaged in club activities, and entertained the females. And the females were fawning over her, though they didn't know her gender identity, she was presenting as a male. And I just thought that was, I, I kind of, I guess, gravitated towards that, because I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Because like, Around that time, too, around when Oran came out, a lot of gender-bend things were coming out. Even in K-drama, it was like a weird trend. Like, everyone, oh, yeah. everyone was, K- like, gender-bending. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of K-drama at that time was gender-bending for some reason, too. So I was like, ooh, it's a gender-bend, like, <laughs> era. And so I was like, it was my personally my first anime seeing any type of gender-bending. And beyond that, we have the twins, we have Hikaru and Kaoru, uh, who their their appeal and their role in, like, the host club is to, like, have this, like, forbidden brother, boy's love <laughs> type of thing. Though it is a farce, um, they got really into it, and... I was not opposed. I was actually (laughs) very for it. I was like, not the incest part, but the fact that they were like two boys sitting in a hot tub. (laughs) Very, very close. They were very close because they are gay. (laughs) Just kidding, but um, I think it was also because of like, say, Hikaru who more than Karu, was attracted to Haruhi, but then still engaged in those, like, acts with his brother, even though it was, like, just an act. It felt very, like, fluid to me. like, And the fact that um, Haruhi was also – her gender presentation was fluid, but he liked her regardless, you know? And, like, it, it was a lot of, like, liking that person – for who they are rather than like de- depending on what sex they were, which was, mm. is like such a ground and like a foundation for like coming into like my queerness is like understanding that love can exist between people regardless of what their gender is. Mm. And yeah, I mean, growing up, interestingly enough, though I grew up in a Catholic household, I wasn't really told like gay is bad. It wasn't until later when my parents became, like, more devout Christians that they expressed that. But when I was a child, it wasn't really, like, like slapped in my face. So yeah. it was a lot easier for me to accept that idea. And it's something that I, like, it was just normal for me. Like, I wasn't really ever, like, oh, this is weird. So mm-hmm. that's why, like, having anime, like, Oran it it really like kind of solidified that idea for me you know especially since i was so invested in the plot <laughs> and uh and yeah so uh if you don't know hikaru um haruhi is my ship period don't <laughs> talk to me don't don't you don't know, read the manga if you want to know because that's who they that's who she belongs with
0: anyway all the proof is in all writing all the proof
1: is in writing Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for that, Noelle. Like, in, even though anime wasn't a huge part of my childhood, I actually didn't start watching anime from start to finish until I got to high school. But um, Oran was also a really interesting anime for me to watch too because um, you're right. That was the first time that like queer relationships were – that was one of the first times queer relationships were presented to me in a way that wasn't a joke.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that was – it was it was really cool. And it's it's honestly going down in history as, like, one of my favorites of all time.
1: Same. Um, yeah. I can rewatch it anytime. You know well, what? Honestly, I might actually even rewatch it after this because that sounds so fun right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just uh, make cookies and watch
0: Auron, honestly. Well, that sounds like a dream. Oh, my God. I've
1: literally watched it, like, three times already. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm mean, like – you said something about your um, – how growing up, you weren't really explicitly told that queerness wasn't – was deviant. Um, it was something that you kind of grew to understand later on. And, like, I think that's that's true for me as well because, like, when um, I was coming into my queerness and I began to come out to, um, like, members of my family, it wasn't always um, – met with positive reactions and one of the common misconceptions that i hear for um like in my experience has been oh well this is just something that you developed over time like we always you we've known from when you were younger that you were um that you were straight like if you were if you were queer we would have known from when you were really really early and wow. that's true. That's true for some people. It is.
1: I mean, yeah, for some yeah. people, you know. Yeah. But that's not always true for everybody. And yeah, exactly. And I mean, some of us don't even know we we were going to be queer. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. like, that's, there's a lot that goes into that. Some of us have always, um, I mean, I guess from speaking from my own experience, for me, for a while, I thought that my queer identity was something I, I kind of Grew into, but as I'm kind of reflecting with you now, and like as I've reflected in the past, it's always hints of it have always been there. right I mean, like, at all the characters have gravitated towards that we've gravitated towards. Right. When we were younger, it's always been there, and I'm thinking that I think a huge part of connecting the dots for me was finding the words for it. Like, mm. I didn't even know bisexual was a word. Mm. Um, I didn't know non-binary was a word until I was way older. Right. You know, but like these tendencies, these understandings, um, these attractions that I had when I was really young, basically were sending off signals and it's always been there. But like the language is what helped me say like, yes, This is what I am, Mm -hmm. you
1: know? No, I totally get that. Honestly, like gaining the vocabulary and just learning more about it, especially from other LGBT folks that I ended up surrounding myself with, it really helped me understand myself Mm -hmm. a lot better. Because, I mean, it's not that I didn't, like, purposely not have LGBTQ friends, but I guess when I'm older, it's just like, Especially in college, you know, people are more, not all the time, but there are a lot more openly gay men (laughs) around me that uh, I befriended in the dance community (laughs) (laughs) or not even the dance community, but at school too, you know? So Mm -hmm. it was like, I didn't really have that growing up or anyone. So I didn't really know, like you said, like the words or like, like even the spectrums or to, to me, everything was always black or white, or like, I mean, and then there was bisexual, but I didn't even know what pansexual was, or, you know, or asexual, like, there's just such a huge spectrum. I think that us being able to expand our knowledge on these concepts really help us to understand and actually just identify ourselves.
0: Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah.
1: So I honestly, I, if I didn't know, there are a lot of things I just didn't know. And, I think because I didn't know them, like, I, it was harder for me to really identify myself or even question as to why I need to identify myself, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Like, for the longest, you're like, I'm a girl, you know, like, I have a vagina. Uh, that's what people say. I have boobies, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm a female and I'm supposed to like men. And that's just how it is because we are supposed to copulate and make babies, <laughs> you know, science class. But. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it it honestly like maybe even in, into like my early 20s was was when I learned so much in a, such a short amount of time and that really helped me reflect and understand like who the fuck am I? Yeah. <laughs> like why yeah. am I feeling this, you know? Definitely.
0: Like language is so powerful and like access is powerful too. Yes. Because, you know, we realize like when we were – kind of formulating these ideas and like forming who we were, especially when we were so young, we didn't have gender studies in high school. Right.
1: We didn't didn't have – It wasn't like really a necessary thing, I believe, to people. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Even like in the way that we were brought up, like sex ed was very straight and very binary, you know? So we aren't – Because we aren't given the language of something else – we think that we have to fit into this mold and when we don't um it's frustrating and it's and we get sad and we feel like we don't belong right. um but yeah thank you so much for uh sharing that um i know anime was a huge part of like the media you consumed when you were younger so for me I didn't like I said before I didn't get into anime until I was older our upbringings as far as the media that we grew up with were somewhat different so with you it was a lot of anime but for me it was a lot of you know Nickelodeon and like Cartoon Network Mm -hmm. and channel so um one particular Cartoon Network show that I really gravitated towards was Teen Titans and I think all of you know where this is going (laughs) So, uh, so um yeah, like I think another character that I really gravitated towards was I mentioned before but it was Raven from Teen Titans. And a huge part I mentioned this before about how I kind of wasn't able to relate to Justice League or mm-hmm. um like any of like the Batman shows or Batman animated series that were on because, you know, Batman's a grown white man yes. and I that so I didn't really see myself in that show um, so when Teen Titans came around I'm like okay cool like they're teens they're kids they're a little bit more like relatable to me like they're closer to my age mm-hmm. and also we had two female identifying characters in the show and that show was just great in general because like even though it was uh, geared towards children it's something that I can watch today as an adult not out of pure nostalgia because it's a genuinely great show There are certain shows where you just watch because you're like oh it reminds me of like when i was a kid right but Teen Tides is one of those things where you watch it because it's a good show and young justice is like that for me as well but um back to raven not only is she very book smart i just was really drawn to her arc like mm-hmm. and to her story um and I saw that she had a very tumultuous relationship with her identity Mm -hmm. and um, a tumultuous relationship with her family. And that was something that I didn't know would resonate with me so strongly until I got older. Mm -hmm. And um, even now, I just also loved her telekinetic powers. I just think that she just, her powers were so badass because I think in, whenever I get that question, like, oh, what kind of superpower do you want? I would never pick something like super strength or super speed. It would always to be controlling things with, with my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the power that Raven had. Uh, another character in Teen Titans that I also gravitated towards. Oh, yes. Were, oh, yeah. For similar reasons. It's <laughs> <And, laughs> Blackfire, Starfire's sister. And I think so, like, if we look at her, like, she's a beautiful character. But also her costume was amazing. I think another reason why I gravitated towards these specific characters is that I wanted to dress like them too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so like Raven's outfit I thought was, was amazing. Like, I just love the idea of like a cloak can kind of make her body so ambiguous and like make her so mysterious i love that and like also blackfire's look was just badass and true i loved like her color palette and everything and i'm just like ooh. but oh, i i also joke and i've seen this joke around the internet too it's like oh if you picked blackfire over starfire then you're into toxic women <gasps> i saw that too <laughs> and I'm just like, oh i feel seen but also
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. that. That's why is it so? We're buying not only are we attracted to toxic men, but toxic women wow. too. Wow. Oh, I think it's just toxic. going um, around. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think it's
0: I think it's very interesting too because like other characters that were mentioned in those TikToks are like Gwen from Total Drama Island. Yes. Or Sam from Danny Phantom, Shego, Raven. I'm like, what is it with all these, like, goth girls? Like, goth, girls. Oh goth
1: girls. Goth girls. Like, is what we- is it? Okay, also, I've seen TikToks that are also about, like, bisexuality and, like, being attracted to, like, okay, they always say this. They say big titty goth girls. But, like, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be big titty. But, like. Let's think about the goth girls we just sp- spoke about. I mean, Raven doesn't have big titties. It's okay. But, like, but yeah, they're like saying that, like, it's like a, a universal thing. So I'm just so interested. I don't, I don't know. What's the root of the goth that, like, makes you so? Is it the edginess, the like c- kind of being out of the norm of what we're perceiving, what we normally perceive, what femme presenting looks like? I, I know. Hear that. Yeah. So it's a, it, it because it's like edgy, and we're just like, ooh, <laughs> like, yeah. like there's some danger, and normally we we'll always see danger with like dangerous men, right? But like, but like danger, like sexy danger, like <laughs> I don't know,
0: <laughs> sexy danger. That's the name of our episode, boom. But like,
1: <laughs> sexy danger island. Anyway, but well.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, like I, I think I hear that too, and I think to kind of <laughs> that, um, maybe not even necessarily associating it with masculinity, but just straight up like the fact that these characters defect from the norm like mm. these these characters don't look the way that girls are supposed to look ah yes you know? that makes sense That's also part of the the appeal as well like they don't act like they're supposed to act like so one major theme that we've pointed out in all these characters that we mentioned are like not only are they like badass in their own right not only do uh they get a lot of screen time. Not only do um, they hold their own, but um, they also have autonomy over their look. Yes. Like, yeah. Oh, um,
1: that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they chose to look that way. Yeah, yeah. and I
0: think there's like the whole the whole danger aspect that you mentioned, the sexy danger. <laughs> um, I I can also see in my in my case personally, I'm just like okay. Uh, for example, with Raven, like, I don't only want to be intelligent. I don't only, like, in my dreams want to have telekinesis. But I also want to defy expectations. Yes. Like, yeah.
1: <gasps> that's, that's it. Yeah. Right there. Defying expectations. Because that's literally also, like, with the characters that I've talked about, it's literally mm-hmm. you're always just defying expectations. Like, because you're a woman, you're supposed to be this way, but they're not. You know, and mm-hmm. that's that's. I think that's kind of because that's how I identified myself before I had any more understanding of yeah. of my queerness was like I always just didn't want to be normal. Yeah, as a kid, I hated the like. I I had this thing people call me a hipster or whatever, but like I had I literally had a shirt where it's like normal is boring, and I was like, because well, you're not wrong, true. <laughs> So yeah, I was always, like, always against the norm. I always just didn't. I literally s- like sliced up my hair because people were saying, "Oh, you look like this other girl." I like or like because you know, like the whole Asian girl, like the, the bangs, the, the the choppy layers, the long mm-hmm. hair. I mm-hmm. had that, and I honestly those are my best hair days. But anyway. Um, <laughs> because i kept hearing from people like oh you look like this other girl oh you look like this other girl i was like i'm not having it i sliced it off and i had like a boy cut in the back and i had like a short bob an asymmetrical bob Mm -hmm. tell me i wasn't gay (laughs) but uh but yeah like literally i was always like defying the norm and so that Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense that like you know we would be especially if that's kind of who we were as kids like Mm -hmm. that's who we looked up to and Eventually, found out we were attracted to, yeah. And honestly,
0: like that's who we are now. True, we're continuing to defy expectations, and like
1: we don't want to be like everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm gonna tuck my shirt in my
0: pants. (laughs) God, but yeah. And like, I know that kind of segueing into. Um, a little bit of then and a little bit of now. Um, what are some other characters that you were more attracted to like kind of recently? I know you've been talking about cosplaying like specific characters that came out in like more recent-ish anime. So do you kind of want to talk about about that? Sure.
1: <laughs> okay, so um, my first cosplay, Ryuko, clearly attracted to her. Um, <laughs> really? Really? I, I mean, the the girl fucking wields a scissor blade and just kicks everyone's ass. And everyone's always like, she can't do it. Bitch, look what she did. She fucking did it. I mean, she even had like an identity crisis and shit about because, spoiler alert, like she found out she was only half human, you know, or whatever. But despite that, she still like picked herself back up and embraced who she was biologically and realize that d- regardless of her anatomy she is still Rico, mm-hmm. and she still is capable of defeating the fucking spoiler alert the fucking clothing monsters you know what i mean like and also her friendship with mako is it mako it's yeah yeah okay because I'm thinking also of Bloodship Coral. I'm like, am I just saying that because I'm thinking of Mako? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so yeah, with Mako, like, you know, it's at, at first seems really friendly and then later on, it actually, it's canonically, like, they, they go on a date at the very end and mm. they, yeah, they go, like, like, the world is ending or the world's about to end and Mako pretty much sacrifices yourself for Ryuko and literally tells her, like, like, when this is, like, I forgot who told who, but when this is all over, like, I'll take you on a date. Because literally, if you think of, like, what's really cool about it is that, like, I mean, yeah, it came off very platonic at first, but, like, as the anime progressed, especially in the later episodes, it was, like, super, like, I wouldn't say blatantly romantic, but hinting at romantic, and which was nice is that it paid off. Mm-hmm. And once the world was back in balance, it was a cute little last episode of them going on a date. How sweet. That's really cute. Yeah, and Mako actually dresses up. And then, yeah, um, Riko. whenever she's in clothes that's not her battle uniform, she's normally a bit more masculine presenting. Mm-hmm. And also her attitude is basically like all the other femmes that I brought up earlier. It's, it's always like Fuck you! I'm gonna kick your ass, (laughs) which is what I like. So here we (laughs)
0: go.
1: Go, Illy.
0: I totally hear that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Kill a Kill was was also like one of the first anime that I watched start to finish, Mm -hmm. and I remember not only being drawn to like the animation style, but also kind of drawn to how sexual it was like they weren't like they weren't shy about like showing certain things and stuff not like full-on nudity or anything like that but like yeah like they weren't they weren't shy about um showing those things they were almost like leaning into it and like that's that's really great too how um and, and and it makes sense as well because you know when we see when we watch tv when we watch movies um it's always a very logical trajectory of the plot that we can always call is the main character falling for their best friend, mm-hmm. and, um, or vice versa. You know, there's the best friend always becomes a love interest. So, and I remember, like, as you were kind of talking about that, that's a detail I didn't pick up immediately, um, mm-hmm. in Kill a Kill. Um, and honestly, like, in Legend of Korra either, like, even though I was older and I was kind of coming into my identity more, mm-hmm. I didn't spot it because. It's not something that's normalized in, like, cis-heteronormative movies. Right. It's really easy to call that shit from a mile away. Like, within the first opening sequence, you're like, oh, they're going to get together. But right. because we don't see it as much, we don't always see it as an expectation. So sometimes you miss it. So, right. yeah, like, I think that's, that's really important that you share that. Thank you. Yes, thank um, you. Yeah, and kind of circling back to characters that we've mentioned before wow this is the third time i'm gonna talk about this character guess who oh my god it's max from the goofy no it's not max from the
1: <laughs> it's, it's katara surprise surprise bitches <laughs> didn't expect that coming yeah. wow really katara justine stop <laughs> whoa i had no fucking clue what, what? 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 I hate
0: you. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Yeah, I think like, so all of y'all, if you've listened to like previous episodes of Fandom Femmes, you know that uh, Katara was always a character, like when Avatar The Last Airbender was first kind of airing, I was kind of like junior high-ish age, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, So I was kind of getting to that, um, that puberty stage, like your body's going through changes, <laughs> you're all hormones, all that jazz. So um, it was a very important part in my adolescent development. And when I was watching this show, not only was I drawn to the fact like, wow, the story's really good. Mm-hmm. But also, I saw a character that was brown and had dark hair, looked very similar to me. It's a character I could actually identify with. And she's in every episode. Like, she she talks. She has, like, a story. And one of her- development. Thoughts- Exactly, and one of her plot points was defying gender norms that um, kept her that would have kept her from learning combative water bending. Um, right? Yeah, this is like a super important like part of her journey, and I think that's really cool um, because, like you were mentioning in your in the Naruto episode, like in the ways that um, the ninja students I'm probably gonna get ninja students. I'm sorry, I don't want to <laughs> the ninja students were kind of assigned roles, it um, it was based on, you know, their sex assigned at birth. So, like, all the people who identified as women picked flowers and learned healing and everybody else learned learned how to fight. Um, But, yeah, like, we actually saw um, with Katara, that was a huge part of her story was defining those gender norms and really embodying these multiple roles. She could heal, yes, but she could also fight and put up a fight.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Um. In addition, she becomes to that, a water bending master.
0: Duh. Yeah. Seriously. And like, um, kind of going on further than that. Like, um, uh, yes, I've talked ad nauseum about Katara in previous episodes. So I'm gonna kind of talk more about the cast of Avatar because honestly, the whole cast as a whole, like all the women in that show, like. Hmm. I- think that after watching Avatar literally my final step like the straw that breaks the camel's back that finally makes me come into my queerness is the fact that it didn't have a word to call what I was Mm. like so literally if I knew what bisexual was I'm just like oh duh
1: I watched Avatar (laughs) I watched Avatar I'm biased (laughs) book
0: definitely I mean like who else was there Um, there was Suki there was the Kyoshi Warriors in general there was Avatar Kyoshi Tylee Tylee, oh my, my god. My Azula. Definitely. With this UA. Is <laughs> this UA bombshell? Honestly, yes. Um and like all these all these characters for me were some of my earliest examples of like strong women because they talked. Simply like simply because of that they they talked. They had stories. Um and they were round and like developed characters so yeah like avatar will now and for I, I i'm so glad that it's so accessible on netflix now So yes. like can i reminisce but also like we have this whole new generation of people that are like falling in love with avatar the way that we did when we were kids i know so, yeah so those were just an example like some examples of some characters that helped us come into our queer identities we we have all these examples of amazing uh, female characters like strong female characters that kind of uh, set off little uh, alarm bells in our head that hmm, maybe something's different but these examples with the exception of like Ryuko and kind of Mulan aren't no no explicit mention of their sexual orientation is made so I'm curious thing I want to ask What kind of canonically queer characters did we grow up with? Like, did you grow up with, for example, what kind of representation of like canonically queer um, of canonically queer characters did you see? And also, and like, what was your first examples of queer representation?
1: Honestly, because when I think of media that I consume uh, as I was growing up, it's just it's anime. (laughs) Besides cartoons, honestly, cartoons, I didn't really see any canonically queer or for me at least i didn't nothing that was impressionable i guess honestly the first time would be oran with like <laughs> the lobelia girls uh because they were i mean the main idol i forgot her name already was attracted to Hadu. right yes yeah. and honestly okay so i didn't watch um sailor moon chronologically it was kind of just what whenever it came on right but i do remember wasn't neptune and jupiter um sailor neptune and jupiter they were uh very close mm. and they you know like i mean sailor moon's beautifully drawn and like they were the way they would like caress each other's cheeks and stuff and like i was like whoa they really love each other. other's friends <laughs> they're really good friends they're really close <laughs> um so yeah i guess first times would be i guess sailor moon oran aside from those in my early shoujo career <laughs> um uh, very early on, I was actually introduced to an anime called Junjo Romantica, and if you don't know what the anime is, it is a boys' love. So, uh, that was definitely queer because it was it was a story of it was really interesting. So the sorry, I I'm like trying to even rem, I can't even like make a synopsis about this, but. The main character is, quote, not, not, doesn't know he's gay or not even doesn't know he's gay, but he, you know, he's, he later comes into his queerness. Uh, but the other male protagonist, ooh, sexy man, uh, knows is, is, is in, you know, knows his identity and is coming on to this other male protagonist, uh and because of that the the actual protagonist uh he sorry i forgot their names so um he doesn't resist the advances but is also really confused like the entire um series is actually him trying to understand why he likes him and it, it a lot of it is like his thought process and like there's, you know they always have to get jealous somehow, and then like that's how they understand they like them, etc. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that was a very blatant slap in the face queer representation for me. Um, and interestingly enough, like I don't know, I was I was into it in in the sense that like I thought it was honestly better than some of the shojo because some some shojo even with hetero characters um, the payoff isn't great, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. So definitely lots of payoff would recommend.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I think a lot of the queer representation that I had when I was growing up, um, was a lot of queer baiting. There were, um, not even like as I was growing up, I think maybe closer to high school when I for- was first getting into anime, like things like free, I remember I had a, phrase- a phase that I was really into Voltron for a little bit, I didn't finish it, but like I was really into that. And I was always kind of waiting and hoping for um, that queer representation because it was always hinted at throughout the anime, but or the TV show and it would never happen. So mm-hmm. speaking to that, that payoff. Um, they just wanted to keep string you along long enough. And then at the end of the series, you get a hug at the best, or and one of them like, dies
1: and they like, can't be together. Hug. Uh, yeah. Or like instead of like I love you, be like, I really care about you. But like they still won't yeah. say they won't say friend still. So like, yeah. I care so much about you, you know? Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, so close.
0: <laughs> yeah. We were, we were right there. Come we're on. Right come
1: there, on. On the yeah.
0: but um yeah like also um in there there were also media that was kind of floating around that i didn't know until i was older had like a lot of harmful kind of like stereotypes a lot of the live action movies that i would watch whenever there would be like a gay character on screen like or even on disney channel when there would be a character that would be perceived as gay they would just always default to this very flamboyant, very feminine um, caricature mm-hmm. of this of like a gay person. But they wouldn't hourly say, "Oh, this person's gay." Um, mm-hmm. It was just kind of implied, and not only, and the way they were doing with the implying was with really, really stereotypical character traits. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, so um, honestly, and I'm so happy that uh, we're a lot of the people, like the young people, I mean, we're young people, scratch that. (laughs) Um, A lot of kids that are growing up today are growing up with, um, you know, like, disney channel shows and nickelodeon shows with gay families like with die with dialogue that references to same-sex parents with like um actual you know canon characters that don't die and that are part of the story and they're actually they don't they their queerness does not define them it's just a part of who they are that's great and yeah like i think that's really cool that (laughs) haha kids these days get to grow up with those things like that because god knows that um i would have like you and i both would have highly benefited from that positive career
1: yeah
0: yeah so um kind of segueing into that um let's both kind of give an example let's bring it full circle let's talk about uh, who is your current like queer crush in like media right now
1: Oh my gosh. Um e- it's kind of oof. Ah. are we talking white wa- can I talk about my waifus or-
0: <laughs> yeah. However you
1: our podcast. You're right. Okay, so my waifus are more than one. Uh, <laughs> plural. Plural. One Hinata Huga. Uh, will always have this special place in my heart. <laughs> this girl tries so hard for Naruto. Trying to defy his gay relationship with Sasuke. This bitch worked hard. <laughs> yeah, Hinata, honestly, her loyalty is what spoke to like what was so great about her, I would say. And... Um, Her persistence, (laughs) but also she's so adorable (laughs) and she's and she grows into, you know, being a badass in the sense that like she really had to like work hard to get there despite failing expectations over and over again. Uh, And she got she married to the Hokage, bitches. What up? Um, But besides being married to the Hokage, she's a badass ninja. Kunoichi, bitches. Uh, But yeah, waifu. Waifu for life. Uh okay, if you can literally see both of my monitors wallpapers and I'll show you right now um my wrist pad. <laughs> <laughs> I I also I just ordered a five panel canvas painting of her to go into my gaming room. It's literally Nezuko. Like I I feel like it's less of a sexual attraction and just more of like a I just love her. (laughs) Like, cause the thing is, is like, she, she is like, she's super cute. But like when it comes down to it, like, like she does whatever it takes to protect her family, you know? Mm -hmm. And oh my God, she's just so pretty. (laughs) But okay, crushes, like an actual crush. um, Fuck. Who? Oh my god. I'm I'm going to come back with my actual crush after you talk about yours really quick. <laughs> um
0: I think currently in fandom who um I've always gravitated towards. I mean, I we kind of touched upon this in our Lady Michaela episode, but I've always gravitated towards Zatanna. Um as a hero, um I have a Zatanna sticker on my laptop. I have cosplayed Zatanna multiple times. I have a, oh my God, I'm gonna, did I, did I tell the story of my Zatanna print on my, on the last episode? I forgot, but Prince. yeah, okay, you know, I'm gonna tell the story now. It was, she was gonna come out eventually, but here we go. So, <gasps> fun fact, I, okay, so don't tell my mom, but <laughs> so my first year of like undergrad, Or, like, of undergrad at university because I'm a community college transfer. I, so there's a mandatory, like, welcome, like, sorry, there's a mandatory welcome ceremony that we
1: had to go to, like, my whole dorm had to go to. Oh, you did. I did. Okay. Did when when you went to no, but still show it. I want to see oh, it. <laughs> did I show the thing? You didn't
0: show it. Okay. Okay. Cool. So yeah, there was a mandatory orientation thing that we had to go to, and I skipped that. Don't tell my mom. To go to Long Beach Comic Con and meet the creators of Young Justice, and of course I was cosplaying Zatanna because she's my favorite. And um, when I went, like when I went there, um, I went to the booth where the creator was signing prints and then he's like what's your name and then I'm like Justine and then he's like okay I'm gonna sign it and if you look closely he signed it Justine slash Satana oh that's so cool <laughs> and like this is like I swear like my prized possession honestly I love that I love it so much but um, but yeah I always love Satana not only does she have like a badass outfit but um, I was always kind of drawn to her magical ability as wow I mean raven who knew that i would be drawn to magic <laughs> Kara? Who knew I would have been drawn to magic what but yeah definitely um like definitely satan is someone that i'm really drawn to um also more comic book characters like silk straight up um when silk was actually the first comic book i ever purchased so mm-hmm. I gravitated to her immediately because when I saw the cover I'm like i want to wear that suit and it's still my goal, one of my goals, to save up enough money to buy myself a silk suit. Because honestly, I just wear that shit around. <laughs> like, if, if I'm dropping three hundred dollars on a shoe, bet like on a suit, best believe I'm gonna wear that to like underneath my clothes at a job interview. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna like best believe I'm gonna wear that like on the way to the grocery store because Hell I'm yeah. gonna it now. That's three hundred dollars. Like I'm gonna wear it everywhere. That's true. Make use. Yes, It's not
1: going to hang in your closet forever. What the heck? Yes.
0: Do you, rem- do you remember who you're going to talk about?
1: Honestly, hmm. I have my main waifus, but like, ugh, I hate, I do this thing where like I watch a shit ton of anime and then I like forget what I watched. Yeah. So I'm, okay. I'm literally, cool. but yeah. also from Kaguya sama, Love is War. Um oh I one. Yeah, it's so good. Um once again, it's not exactly a crush, but I I love Chika Fujiwara. <laughs> She's still, I don't know if you've seen it on TikTok, but everyone's been doing her dance. She literally doesn't end for dance. Oh, I well. know that. Like um na 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 I learned some of it. <laughs> but surprise 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 <laughs> okay so honestly I I don't remember i'm I'm honestly thinking a lot more about like waifus because that's kind of like <laughs> so like it's like these precious like if you don't know what a waifu is it's literally wife but like it's like someone that you would consider to be your wife or like mm-hmm. you would like to be your wife and I have a lot of like waifus so that's kind yeah. of a, but i'll I'll mention it in the next episode since actually what we want to do right now is we want to ask our audience: What are some characters that helped you come into your sexual orientation or gender identity? And if you don't identify as LGBTQ plus, who are your favorite characters that challenge gender stereotypes? So definitely let us know. Uh, we would, we're probably most likely yes, we're going to post about it, yeah. <laughs> and we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you think. What who? Who influenced you? Yeah, we'll have a
0: um, a post on our Instagram and our Facebook. Uh, Go ahead and leave us a comment or um, direct message us, and um, we are going to be selecting a couple of people who um, have made comments to record a short audio and be featured in our next episode. So yeah, for that. Uh, Yeah, so kind of pivoting to our next section, get wrecked. Get get Uh, wrecked. uh, let's talk about our rex for this episode. So, Noelle,
1: do you want to go first? Sure. Oh, my gulai. So, it, it's, it's gotten really popular at this point, um, but this new video game, I believe it's free to download. Yeah, it's free. It's called Genshin Impact, and it's literally an anime RPG, and people are going crazy over it, and so am I, because it literally feels like you're in an anime like it's beautifully like the the art is beautiful and it's just everything anime like you're literally sword art online like you it's it's literally that but you're controlling the character and it's so pretty <laughs> it's I just so beautiful me. it's literally the game of my dreams and i have only played it once so far for one of my twitch streams but um I, I i just feel like those kind of games like or especially this game i'm gonna end up playing forever <laughs> it's literally so it's a it's an uh, mmorpg so you can actually end up playing with friends once you get to a certain level so that's yeah. really cool but it's so open world that it reminds me of like breath of the wild which is Ooh. what i was obsessed with yeah and so it's I'm like that person that likes to do side quests all the time. Make sure every single thing is picked up off the floor, you know. Like, and so I'm just, I'm also just raving that like I have this really cute anime girl like party, and I literally like their outfits. They have different skills and abilities and stuff, and you could level them up and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, my dreams are coming true. So download Genshin Impact, so your dreams can come true too.
0: Cool. Thank you so much for sharing that, Noelle. Yeah. You always suggest such great games that I'm just like, hmm, is, is Justine going to become a game? <laughs> Stay tuned. But yeah, so like, my I totally rec... I support it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, my rec, you might judge me for, but listen, hear me out, okay? So, I'm about to expose myself to the world. Not, like, in the way that you're thinking, Only OnlyFans, no. No, not like that <laughs> not today. But um my rec for this week is a Netflix show. It's 9 episodes out right now. It's called Julie and the Phantoms. What is Julie and the Phantoms about? It's a live action show with It's about this girl named Julie who's who loses her mom, like her mom passes away, and her mom taught her how to play music, and she doesn't play music anymore because she's still mourning the loss of her mother. And her passion for music is reignited by three cute ghost boys.
1: Who oh my! Are, God. Who
0: are in a band? So they come into her life, and you know they form a band together. And they decide that they really need <laughs> each other because the boys can be seen when Julie sings with them. And Julie's passion for music is reignited when she's singing with the boys. And I know what you're thinking. Justine, what the fuck? <laughs> like, is this show for children? And then I'm like, yes, it's rated G, but general audiences also includes me. I'm a child. General- yeah, you're right. <laughs> and also like music the music is great if you like things like high school musical and descendants like the director Kenny Ortega is also the director of the- Oh my
1: gosh Kenny Ortega
0: I know yeah one of the assistant choreographers is like a Filipino woman named uh, Tori Caro so that's, that's so cool. Yeah so cool um there's also a canon gay character <gasps> in the show as well and it's going going to go on for multiple seasons so um i'm like fingers crossed i'm hoping that um they do more with that element of this character's personality but yeah Julian the phantoms music is great it's my guilty pleasure i learned a tiktok dance to one
1: of the songs yes <laughs> you know you have to do it on our tiktok now right uh, yeah like that has to happen yeah <laughs> Oh god! Oh wow! I just like, <laughs> no. Honestly, really just know. seeing, just like seeing and hearing how excited you are about it. Like I want to see. It. <laughs> honestly, okay. like, honestly, see too. That. Like when you were saying that, like, oh, is this a kid show? Like the way you were describing it, like I kind of imagined it as like a K drama. Like <laughs> I could totally see a K drama being like that, but like honestly, yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, it's. It's really fun. It's a lot of fun. The like, honestly, like knowing um, you as well, you would totally geek out over the choreography, and sequences. Yeah. Here for oh my it. god. But yeah, like we also want to move on to our next segment, which is going to be an um, a regular thing with our episodes. Uh, we wanted to, we always want to feature and uplift like some of our community uh, spotlights as well, like other creators that are doing really cool things. And October, in addition to being LGBT History Month, it's also Filipino American History Month as well. Yo! yeah we wanted to be intentional on our podcast and on social media to um uplift uh, queer filipino artists and just like filipino artists and creators in general so um this week our community spotlight is an amazing artist who's queer and filipino american uh, named cristel bugayong so here's a message to You, our listeners, from Christelle. So howdy. It's your friendly neighborhood space cowgirl, Christelle. She, her, hers. Uh, She's a Filipino-American illustrator that combines her Filipino roots with her Texan boots to make space cowgirl comics, (sighs) Filipino-American fantasy comics, and fashion for her Instagram. So go ahead and we're going to link uh, her Instagram handle to the description of our episode on Spotify and Anchor um, on Anchor FM. And we are going to um, be tagging her in our thumbnail. So um, please be on the lookout for um, some more features from her. So yay,
1: Crystal! Yay! Oh my gosh, I really love her her message. I love the Filipino roots with her Texan boots. That's so adorable. I love that. Yeah, her
0: art is beautiful. Um, One of my favorite pieces that she posted is actually a commission that she did but it's of this filipino marvel hero named wave so please hop onto her instagram account and check that out so and noelle this is bringing to the closing of our episode do you kind of have any final thoughts that
1: you want to share before we wrap up hmm well one i want to thank you justine for just everything that you've helped me process In the middle of this podcast, honestly, (laughs) talking to you always helps me better understand myself too. So I'm really thankful that we not only have each other as friends, but also have this space to be able to not only explore these aspects for our audience, but also explore ourselves together, you know? So Mm -hmm. and then other than that, I just want to put it out there that we really both of us hope that. You can celebrate who you are, you know, regardless of whatever gender presentation, gender identity you, you are, yeah. <laughs> period. Yeah, we, 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 we talked about who made us queer and we're here celebrating our queerness. So we hope that uh, if you are in, in the LGBTQ community, you can join us in celebrating not only us, but you yourself. So yeah. yay. And if you're not, celebrate other people that you know in your life that yeah. are in the LGBT community and celebrate. We're it's just a huge party. We're a fandom them's party. We're just celebrating each other. It's like a birthday yeah. party, but it's not about it's it's not a birth. It's a well you know, birth of the queerness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a constant celebration. <laughs> yeah. It's it's, it's it's a it's an um it's an infinite festival think like edc but like forever (laughs) (laughs) but anyways um yeah thank you so much for sharing that noelle like i totally agree as well um part a huge part of my coming into my queer identity has been being surrounded by um other people like you who are unashamed of being who they are so um, thank you for that and also now that we have this platform to tell our stories we understand how powerful stories can be like um, already even though we've only released a handful of episodes we've received so much love from our friends and also Mm -hmm. we've never met before um, talking about how much our stories have resonated with them so we want to create Uh, keep an ongoing conversation right so um our lines of communication are open as well so please connect with us comment on our posts let's engage with each other and um talk about different things and um one final thing i wanted to close with as well is that yes it's national coming out day it's lgbtq history month but i want to remind everybody that um Speaking from myself, and I'm sure Noelle, you've experienced this as well, but um, just remember that coming out is on your own terms. Yes. And yes, and remember that coming out is yours and yours alone to do. So, Mm -hmm. whether you want to have like a big um, explosion uh, type of like party and celebration, whether you just want to come come out to a handful of folks at a time, Mm -hmm. whether you don't have a label and you don't know if you ever will have one, that's completely fine because you know who you are so um even though uh national coming out day and it's lgbtq history month um it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to jump on a bandwagon or you have to disclose who you are that's for you for you to decide and just know that um if the folks around you um if you might not like if, if, the, if the folks around you or your environment not, might not always be conducive to it, just remember that you have the fandom femmes and you have the fandom femmes community to lean on as yes. well.
1: Yeah, so oh, um, you're so great!
0: <laughs> you're so great. <laughs> no, no,
1: you, I, I, I oh my it. gosh,
0: good. It was going to be the Justine and Noelley Love <laughs>
1: podcast.
0: Oh my gosh, all right, so um, thank you for joining us, everybody, and just remember, be
1: you. Be free and, and celebrate, celebrate your, your sexuality. sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get at one of these. I feel like we should have like a five, six, seven, eight. Like, but then again, yeah. it's like be you, be free, five, six, seven, eight. Celebrate your sexuality. <laughs> now. But Yes. Cool. Thank you, everyone. Thanks
0: everyone. You, bye. Okay, bye. 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 <laughs>